Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope, and I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. Amazing. Thanks so much. It's so great to be here with you this morning, and it's great to see you guys online. Do use the chat and put in your comments. Um, and those of you in the room, I'm a... I like a bit of uh, feedback, you know, so if you feel like saying amen at any point, please do. That would really encourage me. But hey, let's dive straight into the Bible. This is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. Nevertheless, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle will be, uh, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can I pray for us as we look at this bit of the Bible together? Let's pray. God, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Illumine our darkness this morning. Show us your way. Help us to listen and respond to you, we pray. Thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was so fun to hear from Ez Devlin um, at our Renaissance conference last weekend. Hands up if you were at Renaissance. Yeah. Um, We heard from Ez Devlin, who's an artist who created the installation that's in our side chapel. It's just been opened, so do go check it out. That space is for you um, to go and pray. But the thing that struck me when Ez was sharing about her vision for that um, Shared Sky project, the vision's inspiring. It's about uniting people across the world. But what I found even more inspiring was the way that she talked about how she created that. And so in her interview with Al um, on this stage, she was talking about light as a medium. So she was talking about light as something that could be manipulated, something that could be harnessed and crafted for our purposes to tell a story. I never thought about light like that before, but light is her medium that she uses. And then she also said that um, stained glass windows were a bit like away in the past that we used to use light and harness it and manipulate it to tell a story. I thought it was fascinating. 
This message I've prepared for us this morning is called, Let the Light In. Let the Light In. That bit of the Bible we read is from Isaiah. Um, It's a popular reading at this time of year as we come into Christmas. And of course, it points to Jesus, but it was written many, many years before Jesus came on the scene. It's a book of prophecy, telling about the future, and it's also got a lot of poetry in it. I don't know if we managed to get the slide at all. Um, Dan Jeffries was like, "Mm, maybe we'll have it, maybe we won't. But in the layout of the Hebrew Bible, you can see the book of Isaiah. It's laid out in verses. It looks like poetry. Can you see that? So it's, it's laid out like verses. If you read another part of the Bible in Hebrew, which I'm sure we all read Hebrew, um, a book like Two Kings, which we may see on the screen, is like block text. Yeah, it looks like that. So if the book of Isaiah is laid out like poetry, I think it's giving us a key for how we approach it this morning. Often um, in the Bible, poetry and prophecy go together. Um, And so Isaiah was probably um, filled with the spirit, giving a prophetic utterance. And probably there was someone really quickly trying to jot it down. So imagine that as we read these words. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. To give a bit of context, Isaiah was talking to a people who were under threat. They were a people who were oppressed. They were a people who um, were about to be captured um, by the Assyrians. And in the midst of all this doom and gloom, uh, which we hear about in verse 1, he has this incredible message of hope. Good things coming. Someone is coming. This time of gloom and darkness is not going to last forever. So um, what is life like for those living in darkness? I decided to find out. So the other night, this is my, um, this is my husband's eye mask which he wears at night time to keep the light out so that he can get a good night's sleep. I put this on the other night in my house. People would think I'm a complete weirdo. And I, I started to walk around my house to see what it was like to walk in darkness. So I'm going to demo. Okay, right now I cannot see a thing. I can see like a tiny square of light here. Okay, in order to walk around right now, I am not feeling particularly confident. I am thinking I could bump into some of the worship equipment at any point. I am feeling very unsure of myself. If I'm not careful, I might even trip, God forbid, or I might even fall over and hurt myself um, walking around like this. Oh, so I'm going to quickly take that off. But that's a picture of what walking around in darkness is like. That's a spiritual picture of what it can be like if we're trying to do this life without Jesus. 
unconfident, not knowing where our next step should be, um, and we might actually fall and hurt ourselves in the process. So we don't want to live like that. We want to be people who walk in the light. So Isaiah's listeners like, are like, okay, right, we have been a bit in the darkness. We want to see what it's like to live in the light. And Isaiah gives them three things that come with the coming of the light. And they are joy, freedom, and peace. So if you look with me at verse three, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. The key word here is rejoice. It's mentioned three times. The people rejoice, warriors rejoice, the nation rejoices. When we read the Bible sometimes, the analogies are a bit lost on us, aren't they? Like, I don't know when you last plundered an enemy's camp, um, or perhaps when you last harvested some, some grapes or something like that. But to get an idea of the joy that's being prophesied here, um, it's like, I don't know, it's like a Christmas morning when you see all these presents under the tree and you just can't wait to see what they're gonna be. That kind of delight. And we might not have been in a war recently, but in a way, we've been on a bit of a war against COVID, haven't we? And we know what it's like to rejoice and have a party at the end of it. That first time we could invite our friends and family over and the joy that comes with that. That's the kind of joy that Isaiah is talking about. Elsewhere in the Bible, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's a very important part of being part of the kingdom of God. Joy. Okay, so now Isaiah's listeners are hooked. They're thinking, I could do, would do with some joy in my life right now. And the next thing that he prophesies is freedom. Everyone say freedom. 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 For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor. It's referring to previous victories for the people of God. Midian, um, if you remember Gideon, he was that feeble warrior that God chose to defeat the Midianites with noise and worship and a very small number of troops. And God used him to set his people free. So when we recall this to mind, it's kind of like if you're sharing your family history with someone, you might say, oh, do you remember the time? Do you remember the time that that thing happened and God really came through for us? It's the Jewish people's testimony. So they're recalling to mind these breakthroughs they've had in the past. And Isaiah is saying, he's gonna do it again. He's gonna do it again. Freedom. The third thing that's promised is peace. 
Every warrior's boot used in battle, every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Isaiah 9 verse 5. It's basically saying we won't need our war things anymore. We won't need to fight for ourselves anymore. We won't need to fight for our freedom anymore. Because someone's coming. Someone's coming to set us free. Someone's coming to let the light in. Someone's coming to win our battles for us. Let the light in. So that's Isaiah's poem, Prophecy. 2,000 years later, a man walks the shores of Galilee. The wind in his hair, the smell of sea salt hovering around him. And he starts to tell people about the kingdom of God. And one by one, the people are captivated. They see him heal the sick. They see him deal graciously with people who don't deserve it. They hear his words and he articulates a hope that their hearts are longing for. There are people who've been walking in darkness. And they're starting to see this great light. It's kind of a weird light. It's not quite what they expected. But they can't shake this feeling that this man walking on this shore is something else. Maybe he's the one who's coming to set us free. He looks a bit dirty, but he's got the cleanest heart I've ever seen. It's Jesus. came. Isaiah's poem came to pass. That ecstatic vision that he saw uh, filled with the spirit, it came to pass. And he started to bring all those things that were promised, joy, freedom, peace, and more. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. So this morning, we might be feeling like, in some ways, we're stumbling around in the dark. I know I feel like that most weeks, and I follow Jesus. But there are ways of thinking in my mind that are dark. I don't want them anymore. And I want Jesus to come in and let the light in and start to break some of those negative thought patterns that keep me in darkness 
I want to let the light in so that I can be free to sing his praise, so I can be free to do all the things that he's called me to do. Maybe that's the same for you this morning. Maybe we're walking around in darkness. Maybe we are um, doing some things that we, don't, we know we don't want to do. And we're not alone in that either. The Apostle Paul, one of the greatest Christians of all times, he said, ah, what I do, I don't want to do. And what I want to do, I don't do. Let the light in. And you know, also those people, um, these people who don't know Jesus and they want to know what to build their life on. Years ago, um, my husband John had a dream about all these people, all these people, and they were trying to build a house and they didn't have, they didn't have a plumb line so they didn't know how to build. And they couldn't get the walls straight because they didn't have a plumb line. And they were trying their best. They really wanted to build a really good house. And there's so many people like that, so many people who are trying to do a good life and they're trying to raise their families well and they're trying to work hard to send them to places that they didn't get to go to as kids and they're trying to do the right thing. But all of us need a plumb line to keep us centered. And it's Jesus. He's the one who can help us build our families, build our homes, build our careers on a rock, on a sure foundation. Not something that's going to get um, washed away. So shall we let the light in this morning? <laughs> There's three things we can do. I've got an A, B, C. Forgive me, I'm a mum. I've got an A, B, C. So A stands for ask. This morning, perhaps you've never even asked for God's help. Perhaps you've come to church before, perhaps you haven't. But you've never actually said, Jesus, Come into my life. I want to be yours. I want to follow you. I know it's not easy, but it also looks pretty fun. I want to do it. If that's you, don't hold back. Come forward for prayer. Someone will pray with you. We can ask. Ask. And those of us that have been following Jesus for ages, we can still ask for help, right? We can still ask for him to come in to our thought patterns, to our um, homes, to our families. Let the light in. Everyone okay? Okay, two more things we can do. Number one is ask. B is B. We can be. We can be the light. This um, church, sometimes in my um, imaginings, I think of it as like a lighthouse family. <laughs> um, and of course, we run this amazing ministry called The Lighthouse that feeds, I don't know how many people we feed, 
Um, so many people we feed, but we do it as a family. We do it as a family. It's not just Hannah Seekings every week rallying her troops. So anyway, we can be part of the light. The, um, these Old Testament prophecies, um, I loved studying them. And um, one of the wonderful things about them is that they're not a decree, they're an invitation. So the hearers of these prophecies, i.e. you and I, are invited to fulfill it as well. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment. But every time these prophetic utterances come about, it's an invitation to say, oh yeah, I want to be part of that. And they also have consequences for people who don't do what they say. It's like, it's not static. It's we're co-creators with God this morning and with one another. It's not just something being done to us. It's something that we can actively participate in. So be the light. What can you do? What team can you join? What um, can you give financially to the lighthouse? That'd be amazing. Um, let's be the light together today and let his kingdom come. And the third thing is, or ABC, or C is for contemplate. And I'm going to finish with this. So Advent, this season we're in of leading up to Christmas, is a great time for contemplation. It's a great time to slow down if we can. I know we've probably got lots of parties and end of term things, but traditionally it was a time to prepare our hearts to let the light in. So I don't know what that might look like for you. Maybe take some quiet time and go into our side chapel at some point and, and just pray. You might want to fast. Some people historically fasted during this time of Advent. Whatever you need to do to contemplate our Savior and get ready for the joy of Christmas, I want to encourage you to do this morning. I'm going to try to. My diary is as busy as yours, but I really want to make time to contemplate my Savior and to let the light in more and more into my life. Can you do the same with me? Let's do it together. Let's see where God takes us. Finish with this. In Hebrew culture, people's names were significant. People's names are still significant. But the name Isaiah meant the Lord will save. The Lord will save. And so my encouragement to us this morning, or what I hope is God's encouragement to us, is that he's here to save. He's here if we want to let the light in this morning, he's here. We can pray, pray for each other. The light is coming and with it, he's bringing joy. He's bringing freedom. He's bringing peace. So if you need any of those things today, if you could do with a bit of joy to get you through, if you need freedom in any area, I believe he can do it. And if you want some peace, 
come and get it. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more ways of connecting or if you want to support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.